just when I always wanted you to after all and a t-shirt. Go on, brother Sergeant O'Keefus, it's your turn. Okay then. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Floorhammer podcast, the light take on the grim dark. I'm David Pettit, and in the week that the UK has a new prime minister before... Oh, hang on. Can't use that for once. <laughs> <laughs> and in the week before Christmas, I'm joined by the shiniest bauble of them all. Oh, it's Rich O'Keefe. You went with bald. Hey, Rich. You went with bald. Strong play. I was expecting some form of football, going home, coming home. I don't care about football reference. Um, Let's not talk about that at all. Yeah, in the in the quite easiest, uh, quite possibly the easiest run in to the final of the World Cup, we managed to go out to the one remaining team that was still decent. So um, there we go. Yeah, another half century, another century of uh, pain to go. Yeah, sure. But it is to be an English football supporter. Just give up, Dave. Give up. Uh, you can, well, yeah. The podcast or what? <laughs> uh, anyway, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Podcast. Our website, floorhammerpodcast.com. Our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast. And of course, you can find us on Discord. So, what have we got coming up in today's episode? Last one of the year. It is the final. Our Christmas special. Right, so we have got our regular hobby progress where we will uh, delve into what we've been up to. Then, shockingly, Games Workshop releases, which is good because I have really had my finger off the pulse with a lot of the bits and pieces that have been coming out. So it'd be nice to uh, have this serve as a reminder for myself. And <laughs> then we, we're going to dive into a game. But what have you got up your sleeve, Dave? Because it's not a game that we've played. No, I just intercepted some nice Christmas letters that uh, some members of the 40k universe have written to Oh, Santa. brilliant. Uh, and I thought, I thought I'd hand deliver them. In uh, audio format, excellent. If uh, if Santa, because because we, we know obviously that Santa is an avid listener of the Floorhammer podcast. I mean, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, this one's for you, Santa. <laughs> and we'll be diving into our topic, which will be a uh, review of the year slash goals slash actually just kind of Dave and I talking a bit about where we are with with hobby this year after what's been a pretty turbulent year in in uh, in terms of uh, hobby stuff going on for us. Um, and we will wrap things up nicely with a hobby tip as always. And mine will be seasonally appropriate. But before we move on with that, Dave, show news? Your favourite? Could we possibly miss this out? I uh, Yeah. Uh, we don't have a question mark at the end, so I guess it's just show news. <laughs> as I'm not things off my desk. Yeah, we uh, will take a break, short break in January. Um, so those of you on Patreon will get a nice, uh, a nice break from Patreon for a month. And uh, yeah, we'll be back, hopefully recording in the first week of February. This is because Dave needs like a seven week break. This is why. I mean, it's, it's, it's my birthday. It's Christmas. It's <laughs> going back into work. And I've got a big project in the second week of January. That so that's going to be fun, fun, fun. It's fair. And you can't say it's your birthday and Christmas, Dave. You have a December birthday. We all know that a December birthday equals the same as Christmas. 
it just gets merged into one. It's two days before, so uh, yeah, yeah, not not good. So um, my my birthday drinks I think will delay till well sometime in January I think as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, hobby progress. What have I been doing? I don't. Know. I have, have been me, doing um, lots of forty k. Um, no, I have been doing a mixture of Age of Sigmar, 30k, and <laughs> um, General Admin. So there you go. There's general there's the summarization of admin. my hobby progress. What's General Admin? Are, are we back to um, random things included in hobby progress, Dave? Are we are we are we stretching again? Just so I know. We are. We, we are, are good. Actually. Okay, good. Yeah, it's no, it's seasonal though. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll bring your bullcrap of. It's seasonal. <laughs> uh, anyway, I will start off with uh, the Ben-Gorion Lord. Yes, the Soul Blight Gla- Grave Lords. Can't even say it. The Soul Blight Grave Lords. Um, Ben-Gorion Lord. That's the weird sort of hybrid vampire Eragice hybrid, I guess. Um, it is weird. I hated the model when it first came out. Really? Yeah. I. I I, I, I did, and slowly but surely, after getting the battle tome and reading about the His um, rules, the Avangori, no, apparently he's not very good. Oh. But um, the the Avangori uh, background is really cool, and I've really been drawn to them. At first, I was drawn to the the Legion of Blood, but apparently everyone plays that. Um, oh, I know how much of a that's all the, you sort are. Of the yeah, that's all the like the Aristotic. Oh, I can't even say it. The um, you know, the the noble vampires, and they look down on the peasants, that sort of thing. Um, Tories. That's always been my my jam. But no, no. Since reading the 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 codex and and all the battle tome and about the Avangori, I really like them, and I've really sort of delved into the the fear aspect of the um, the Soulblight Grave Lords and and the um, the horror sort of the, okay, the cool. sort of. 60s horror film style vampires i'm i'm really into that and uh yeah so i started painting up the Avangori, the uh, vengorian lord i should say and i've got some death rattle skeletons on the way as well um and some blood knights i bought some blood knights as well Ooh. because that um, set is sweet that, i love the uh, models that kit is tasty and it doesn't uh cost a small fortune. it's still not cheap but it doesn't cost a small fortune like the old ones used to do the the, the resin uh, the fine cast resin ones that were the convert yes. of the old metal bricks were uh, were a tad expensive. Yeah, they're, they're. I mean, we're we're twenty years down the line, and they're still cheaper than they were. So uh, <laughs> yeah, let's put that into perspective. Uh, um, but no, no, I I really like the models, and this project is very much a. Uh, I'm just going with the models, and hopefully, I can make a viable army out of them. That's overrated, Dave. But no, uh, moving on. I did some more Age of Sigmar, and that is the big Arcanor ironclad ship that I have attempted to paint or wanted to paint for well whenever the character and overlords uh, first came out it was uh, it was one of the big draws of the army and I never got around to painting up an ironclad uh, but this time I did in the same uh, manner as the gun hauler that I did a, a couple of months ago. Did you manage to figure out what right. uh, color it was that you'd, you'd used previously? Pretty much. Oh, uh, nice. It was. It was. I think it was the um, off white. The off white. Yeah, literally called off white, uh, which is the game color. But once it's all weathered up with um, enamels and oils and all random stuff from my desk, 
Um, <laughs> they, they, they are, they're not too dissimilar in colour. Um, I think I got it right, but if I haven't, uh, it's, it's hard to tell the difference. Extra um, weathering. But I went with the Monster Hunter theme again. Yeah, there's there's harpoons all over it. There's um, heads of various beasts that are strapped to it. And I made the um, the, the crane with the, the big sort of monster hunting net coming out the side with the um, head of the terror geist from the Soulbright Grave Lords. Which I got off eBay actually. It's not from the the, the sets that I have already. So uh, yeah, that that was that was a good fun conversion to do, and it came out super well. And I'm um, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's uh, a good centerpiece for the army, mate. That's uh, it's, it's going to be a real standout with uh, with all the other ships and then the crew. Uh, you're doing the are you doing the balloon do? Yeah, I think I am because when I first wrote the. Um, roster or the, the army i think it was a bit too expensive to fit the um endrin riggers or the um guy wardens in which are the the two types of balloon dudes okay um, yeah. however with the points reduction and i've changed my endless spell um i might get a squad of the sky wardens in um because i mean guys with harpoons really fits with the monster hunter themes as well so yeah. Uh, right. What else have I been doing? Right. Thirty k. Moving on to thirty k. Uh, I have uh, painted up the um, Thalax or one squad of the Thalax that I built last time. So again, I followed the same procedure that I had done with the Thanatar. And again, this is all backlog clearance because they've been sitting around for years and years and years and years. And yeah, I they're really quick to do. Did them in just under sort of two hours or so not not including basing because you know how much i hate basing and yeah that's still yet to do but i can foresee them as being an add-on force to a possible future 30k army i have been digging out the loft okay Um, we're going into this now i'll give i'll give rich a a slight preview you can see that it's your background filter is removing it. It appears to be a multi-melter of some sort. It goes on the front of this turret, which goes on the top of a Deimos Predator. Oh, you do love a Deimos Predator. You've had them. Uh, you've had a few of them in the past. I do, and uh, yeah. So this is, this is the um, Deimos Predator Infernus, which is the one that you can stick a massive flame cannon or multi-melter uh, or melter cannon to the top of. The same melter cannon that goes on the front of the Ford Fiesta as well. Oh, is it? Is it the exact same? Awesome. Yes. Yes. They strap it to a tank, as you do. Because Voidcraft and strap it to the top of a tank is Space Marine all over. I mean, yeah, they, they don't necessarily make the most technically uh, profound decisions, do they? No, no, no. no. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, that that is a possible army in, in the works. I can dig out all my bits and maybe... Uh, with some Christmas and birthday money, get the Age of Darkness box. But uh, yeah, here's his maybe. Uh, and last of not but not least, in model terms, uh, I just did a quick uh, side project and painted up a little Black Templar Surf that I just wanted to out of the blue. Uh, it's actually one of the acolytes from the Dark Apostle box that we used for our conversion challenge. Oh, um, yes, yes. Uh, earlier in the year. So uh, all I did was take off all the chaos symbols, strap some um, Black Templar iconography to him, and Bob's your uncle. He looks, he doesn't look out of place at all in the army. So uh, yeah, he's he's up in the cabinet as well. What will that count as in game terms? 
Anything you can fix it? I mean, you can just put it in there because it's cool. It, but like, is it gonna? No, no. I mean, I could, I could have him um, as one of like Grimaldus's retinue. And I just re- oh, yeah. remove him as a model. That's a cool um, idea. Yeah, just, just when, when say, I don't know, the um, holy water guy dies, I remove him as well, and he doesn't count as a model for yeah, nice. like that sort of thing. Just looks. Uh, cool. I mean, I only use them in friendly games anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, competitively, Grimaldus um, gives away too many com- victory points. Something doesn't he? Is that still a thing? Not anymore. Not no, anymore. no, no. It's, it's, it's per oh. unit, not model anymore. Oh, good. So, uh, yeah, and Celestine breathes a sigh of relief for the same reason. Right. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So that was all my models. I also took part this year in the the Ho Ho Hobby Vices uh, Christmas um, Secret Santa as well. Ah. Oh, so, yes. I have put together um, a nice little package for Guy up in Scotland, actually. Oh, you're not going to do any spoilers here, are you? Well, I'll give him spoilers, but I mean, the, the package is already out there and he probably not got it yet. It <laughs> went Saturday. I mean, not likely, We're recording mate, not Monday. the current post situation. <laughs> well, this wasn't with Raw Mail, so oh, we Smart, be okay. smart. Yeah, and it's guaranteed by the 21st as well. Okay, yeah. But... Um, yeah, it was. It was. I he gave me a, like a description, a list of all of his different projects he was working on, and uh, I ignored all of it. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> no, he um, sounded from the description like a bit of a hobby butterfly. In the case of um, if I got him a random model box set from one of those many projects, it might just sit on the side. So what I did was I got him a load of materials and paints and. Stuff that I had discovered over the past year. That, <laughs> All um, the weathering stuff. Yeah, basically, I nice. got him Streak and Grime, Rust Streak, um, the um, 950 Black, a load of Scale 75 metallic paints as nice. well. Um, so, yeah, there, there was a, a load of stuff in there, a couple of um, um, oils as well, because his, his entire collection seemed to be uh, Citadel paints, and I wanted to share the experience of reaching outside of citadel without having to spend money on it himself nice. if that makes sense yeah for sure and it's, I mean, it's that first step getting uh, vallejo 950 black is a gift in and of itself um, <laughs> i'd be happy with that as just a, as a christmas present alone the discovery of that paint is has been uh hobby changing so yes good gift choice yes yeah and he he said he was also starting um elder as well so i got him morgan Ra. Ooh, um, nice just just because if he doesn't start that project, that model is beautiful. Yes, that's and true. That's I would like it as a as a centerpiece model or just a single model to paint anyway. Even if I, and, and that's me having no interest in doing Aldari. Full stop. So, yeah, it was a it was a nice little package to put together. I'm still uh, waiting on mine, so uh, it'd be interesting to see what I, I receive in the post when that comes through as well. So, but anyway, yeah, that that was my um, hobby for the month. What about you? Well, I've not managed to get in much personal hobby uh, over the last month. Um, still been pretty busy with uh, various work-related projects that I needed to get my act together and do. But I've been on a real drive with getting a lot of stuff ready for various 6mm uh, gaming sets that I've got. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's a nostalgia binge uh, for me. To do to do some of this uh, six mil stuff because uh, Epic mm. was well, the video game associated to Epic was what dragged me into this hobby in the first place. Uh, what started me down the slippery slope uh, that uh, got me interested in 40k, and then the, the obviously Lord of the Rings dragged me into the hobby, so to speak. But my first taste of 40k was Epic stuff, um, and yeah, revisiting that scale has been pretty awesome. 
it's one of those things where it's like, yes, it's work. I've got to paint these models to do demos and things like that with. Uh, but uh, getting to paint all of the uh, marine equivalents as classic 90s uh, second company uh, ultramarines was was pretty rad including the lurid yellow shoulder pad trim uh, and, oh, I hate and it so much. blood red blood red bolt guns it's just uh, been fantastic i did not go with goblin green bases and green flock though dave that was no that 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 i, I respect those that love nostalgia but i just can't get on board with that at all no, it's, it's too that would be too much for me and I wanted to do stuff for you know a demo game and to display and whatnot. So I pitched them against uh, the Necron equivalents in the end um, because I have a giant ass picture of the Damnos uh, campaign on my wall that you can see you behind do. me. Um, so I saw that and thought, oh yes, that's a good matchup. With painting the small scale stuff, I've really realised that it's about uh, you know high contrast in terms of. The, the the actual painting of the models but you need something on the model that leaps out color wise uh, and necrons are awesome for this because the majority of the force is in the classic necron metallics that i've done them in a um a grimy metal so i use rattling mm-hmm. grime um the contrast paint which is the it's god's gift to contrasts uh, it's so good for so many different uh weathering opportunities you should get a pot dave you love weathering um it's a perfect do, black yes. brown murky color um, so that for the metallics with dry brushing etc and that with the bright green pop um, of all the necron gauze stuff really really jumps out and i think it's having that one thing on a model that really pops off um, at that scale kind of sets things off so for the ultramarines again it's that yellow and red uh, together the rest of the model is blue and you know you can see the contrast and the details and whatnot but it's that that, that color combo pop that you need you need just one thing at that scale because you put too much on there and, you know, you think 28 mil scale models can get busy sometimes with too many different things mm. going on. Uh, it's way worse when the model is only about like eight or nine millimeters tall. Um, so definitely getting the hang of how to paint things better at that scale. Um, and was super happy that I, you know, in a couple of weeks, I managed to uh, to, to get the, the whole lot painted up. I did have help, as in I went around our friend Alex's to play a game. Uh, to to demo the set and obviously do a video for it and whatnot. I may have it? left. Uh, it was good. I just may have left some of the prep work to the last minute. So you know he was helping me apply green, uh, bright green gauze effects to the weapons uh, just before we played the game. Um, nice. Which, you know, it's it's not quite dipping your models before the campaign game, but it's super uh, <laughs> glue with with sand. Was... <laughs> it's uh, it's not far off. Um, but no, the, the game played out really, really well. We used the Apocalypse rules um, to play because Epic would mean learning another brand new game system and my brain can only take so many of those before I start screwing <laughs> things up. And the 40k Apocalypse rules system was severely overlooked when it came out. I think it's because... Apocalypse when you say run... overlooked, do you mean underrated or Games underrated. Workshop didn't support it? I mean, does any, does anyone, has anyone played it? Has anyone? No. no, I have obviously, but like generally speaking, people haven't played it. You can pick up the box set and the stuff cheap secondhand. Um, they never really supported it in terms of anything more than the initial book that came out um, with mm. all the cards. Uh, and it's the cards that really make the game work really nicely. Is you get stack cards for all the units, so it's it's simple. And I mean, when I mean all the units, I mean like everything. And uh, to the to a point where GW actually does them for free on their website, you can download the PDFs of all of the stat blocks, which is very unusual for them. And you just got to pick up a core cool rulebook. And, you know, I think it's because you were supposed to pay like 300 power level 
which is close in equivalency to power level in 40k but 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 a bit bigger so it, it's like a three times a regular 40k scale game is kind of like the ideal starting point but you know a lot of mm-hmm. people don't have that many models in their collections um and the release wasn't really accompanied by those stupid model packs that came out years ago Do you remember when the first apocalypse came round and you know it was the 10 lehman rosses in a box set yes or the three stompers an entire company of space marines uh, in one uh, box where you basically got all of the vehicles times. for free. Like, it didn't come... It came with some box sets that had, like, a couple of things in, but they weren't really that exciting. So, mm. overall, it just never got picked up, which is a shame because it compares really closely to the old uh, Epic rules. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's alternating activations, which I'm hooked on in basically any game you get that these days. Um, the question is, can you still do the... Uh, is it the something storm... Bolt Storm. No, they don't have all that sort of thing, Dave, unfortunately. Oh, the, the Land Raiders that fire templates. I had three Crusaders. <laughs> yeah, I had three Land Raider Crusaders and once a game, or was it once a game? I think it was once a game, you could do the Apocalypse template, barrage template of bolt shells. Yep. And yeah, 47 conscripts are killed in one barrage. <laughs> yeah, it's good not, times. Uh, it's not quite the same. Um, because it, they, they, what they did is they basically clumped units into five-man blocks, so you, you mm. five and ten-man blocks, so that you would take casualties that way. So that everything was in multiples of fives and tens. So it kind of, you know, each unit only has a couple of wounds, and then once it's ta- once it's taken that damage, it's gone. Um, yeah. So it's, they simplified things down a lot versus the previous editions of, of Apocalypse, which maybe people were a bit out of the idea of lots of um, tokens and different dice, but uh, I, I particularly enjoy particularly enjoy the system um and of course come with that has been working on some six mil terrain uh, to go with it and what i've done is i need to take demo boards to the events um, to obviously show things um i sure. have very limited table space in front of me you get six foot by two and a half foot which is not a lot so you get less than a six by four's worth i've got to show all of my various products for the various games and things so there's not a lot of room but what you do get behind you is a stock table uh, that you're allowed to put all your stock on and under. But having a stock table is actually technically more display space if I make something of it. So what I've done is built a folding display table that kind of opens out um, to have two different boards, one on each side, um, so I can show off some 6mm games behind me with the models either glued to the board or on magnets because they're so small. They work with mm-hmm. magnets really well. And uh, I use a wallpaper pasting table to save making anything. So pro tip, if you want a folding gaming table, uh, a wallpaper pasting table works really well. Um, and I picked... Just don't lean on it too much. No, no, no. Well, I didn't. I don't use it with the legs. I use the inside of the wallpaper pasting table because it's, it's got oh. a recess. So you can put all your terrain and stuff in there. And obviously some I've glued mine down. Um, but then it just folds shut when you're finished and latches so you can carry it around with you or store it under a bed or something like that. Um, so Genius. pro tip on, on good storage space is to use a folding uh, warhead pasting table because you get like a two, two, two inch recess which you can fit most table stuff in at that scale. While I remember. Yes. Genius. Absolute genius. Shout out to someone that's yet to be named on Discord. Right. Um, that showed a, quite frankly, amazing solution for storing your models. So if you've ever magnetized your models, yes. the IKEA shelving, uh, the metal shelving, like the filing cabinet shelving, you can stick your models to it and it's the perfect size for infantry and you can slide them in and out. I thought it was an absolute genius and I'm going to try and find their name. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, the it's the letter. It's for storing letters in, basically, on your desk, isn't it? It's the that's idea of a little letter cubby hole that's adjustable, but the shelves are made of um, well, uh, enameled steel or something, or painted steel. So it looks nice, but yeah, it fits the infantry in there perfect. I saw that and was like, that's fantastic. So you can have that as like a temporary thing, um, or you can put them in a box, and it gives you all the options. Yeah, it was uh, Lee Burns. There you go. What a smart ass. Yes. <laughs> ikea letter tray and it's metal so yeah magnet stick to it fantastic good place to start saves you on the hard work but yeah that's that's been my drive at the moment is doing all this small scale stuff and obviously a load of it is for 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 business reasons but it doesn't mean i haven't been able to enjoy myself which has been good and you know (laughs) you know what you know me i like to paint a new ultramarine army every now and then so doing one more won't hurt (laughs) hey i mean if it's your passion it's your passion you could have picked a more interesting army Everyone loves the poster boys, Dave. Come on. I do in 30k, actually. They, their 30k schemes are really cool. It's the same blue. <laughs> it's different. It's, it's, it's a, a lot more gold and different. white. Anyway, anyway, um, let's move on to the Games Workshop releases. And I don't know if I'm reading this correctly, but there's only been three. Is that correct? That can't be three. correct. Because we, covered we talked the... about Kadia last time. Yeah, we talked about Kadia last time. And, we talked about uh, the corn stuff from the uh, preview day. Yeah. So and... if I'm not mistaken, the only things that have come out are the amazing goth rocker. Oh, yeah. Which we'll talk about now. Oh, we will. Because he is holding basically a grenade as a microphone and he's standing on a beaker squig. Yep. It's amazing. It's, yeah. It, check it out if you haven't seen it online. Uh, this model is fantastic. It's... um. Got no place in the army, but who cares? Because the model is great. It's uh, also, yeah, you can like, find a place for that in your army. No problems could, at all. You probably could stick him on top of a battle rag and go full Mad Max. Well, yes. Yes, correct. The correct way to use him. We've also got the uh, a return of the Aegis defense line. <laughs> God, do, you, do you remember when flyers were introduced to the game and everyone who didn't have a flyer for their army had to go out and panic by... Uh, a defense line because it was something that everybody could take. Wow, yeah. And it was. It I was. Mean, you didn't see somebody who didn't have a defense line in their table and in, in in their army list. Like everybody had one. It was stupid. And then you got the commissar with his BS two to uh, stand on the the auto gun to shoot down the planes because it was any model. Oh sure, yeah. Any model could man it. Yeah. Well, that that. So he's surrounded by his forty meat shield. I mean, behind this Aegis defense line. GW broke a lot of uh, rules when they let uh, people fire weapons. Don't you remember the Inquisitor Kotiaz on the Eagle Cannon uh, with, <laughs> yeah. his, with his stupid Overwatch ability and things would deep strike in? And You've he'd be turned able to, up. He'd be able to use an entire like building-sized siege weapon to snipe them. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Eat macro cannon, random reavers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably didn't exist back they then, They didn't actually. exist back then, no. No. Oh, God. But, yeah, uh, it's just updated. Fantastic. Uh, it looks like it's a cross between the old defence line and the trench system that they also brought out. The Wall of um, Martyrs. Wall of Martyrs, thank you. I forgot the name of it then. It's Terrain, Dave. I was uh, going to know it. Yeah, of course. really like it. I don't like their colour scheme, though, of what they've done. They've basically oh, okay. put verdigris on every single <laughs> rivet. <laughs> yeah. They have gone a bit overboard. Just... It just looks like it's bronze and blue. But less is more, so more is even more, right? Yeah, that's that's my only that's my only thing, and and that's that's just the the um, 
display box art, so to speak. So I'm sure people will get their hands on it and make it look fantastic. And um, but not, last but not least, uh, just released today, so it's likely recording on a Monday and not yesterday. Uh, they gave us a preview of Angron's Rules. Oh Angron, dear. I haven't the seen new these. Demon Primarch coming out. I would have thought in the World Eaters Codex. I'm sure that's been confirmed. But my goodness, uh, here's what you expect from Angron. Let's just put it this way: he has twelve attacks, basic. Twelve. And Oof. one one of his attacks, he can use the Bloodletting Sweep, and that is each time an attack is made with this weapon, it makes three hit rolls instead of one. That, my friend, is thirty six attacks. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, he's gonna be amazing. Power creep what? Ah, oh, well, yeah. Um yeah, I mean he's 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 the standard weapon skill, ballistic skill two. Uh strength nine. Sure. What does the weapon do? Double his strength or something dumb like that? Uh the, yeah, the big the big um the big bash does uh plus five strength, so strength fourteen, AP minus four, and D three plus three, which we've seen on a lot of different weapons. Yeah. Um pretty pretty standard. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're doing it with 12 attacks, right, whatever you're single, attacking, the single is dead. attack mode, yeah, yes, yes, and the sweep is like, 36 attacks, but he can still only do like four wounds to a badden or whatever, right? Because it's the phase, he's only allowed to take X number of wounds per phase, so he's, yeah, he's, obviously, he's... we haven't got all of his rules, right? Yeah, um, he's gonna be really good at killing anything, everything equivalent to him, <laughs> yeah, really good at killing everything that's not. The Silent King or... Gazgul. Gazgul. There's quite a few yeah. of them hovering around now that have you can't take more than X amount of damage. And he's probably got that same... same um, oh, do you reckon? As well. Probably. Ooh, okay. I mean, he's got 18 wounds. <laughs> he's toughness 7. And he's got a 2-up save. Sure. So, sure. yeah, I'm hoping he's 500 points. <laughs> he won't be. He'll be... No, he'll be... He'll be, he'll be pointed to sell, Dave. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, That's I thought that was amazing. Stupid. 36 attacks, like... He is a demon Primarch. Yeah, though. I know. Yeah, I understand that, Dave. But like, we're getting into numbers now where it's like... That's well, all, all will be reset when the rumours of uh, 10.0 come into fruition, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I, I hope they hit the big reset button like we saw for 8th edition. Early 8th edition was was good. <laughs> yeah, they, they've, got, they've got too many uh, out-of-place armies now. For, for just an update. Um, also, they've got too many armies for an update because, I mean, we're, we're getting to the end of the update now and what we're... How many years into... Two and a half now, I think. Past into the ninth. Current, yeah, two and a half into the current edition. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you're looking... If, if the rumours are true and 10th edition comes out at some point in the next year, you're going you're gonna to be looking at 2025 before everything is balanced and of course it won't be balanced by then because the latter codexes will be more balanced more uh no, powerful un- than the unless they hit that big reset man what if they do it what if, what if they do 10th edition as 8th again that'd, i'm hoping that that'd be sweet i am hoping that with the with the indexes yes uh, everything comes a bit more bland but everything comes a bit more fun, uh, fun. yeah oh but you what know is... what i felt like i had the finger off the pulse but actually it's because games workshop have been very concentrated on their christmas releases i.e the big box sets uh what we're going to do is we're going to take a uh unit by unit breakdown of all the box sets we're going to look at their points to uh, points to pound efficiencies in the but no we're not going to do that we'll leave that for someone (laughs) on youtube that's not nick smith these days 
Um, but I, it does amuse me that obviously we've got uh, eight factions here. Uh, we've <laughs> got uh, well, eight box sets. Sorry, we've got six imperial yes. box sets. Seven factions. <laughs> <laughs> we've got six imperial box sets. Of the box sets, you've got the Imperial Fists that get some wonderful, lovely artwork on their box. The Raven Guard who get some wonderfully, lovely artwork on their box. And you get the six other factions that have just got pictures of the models. If you're not a Space <laughs> Marine, get out of here. Classic. That, these... I mean, that, that is the Games Workshop tagline. <laughs> what is the purpose of these boxes, right? I always thought that they are either gunning for cool stuff that you want to get at Christmas, right on, or like, here's how you start an army bang this is a no 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 that, that's different that's the no combat i know patrol. that's the start collecting these these are an add-on to the combat patrol in my eyes right so why is the sister of battle one got six walker suits and no like exorcist Question. oh well don't you well no didn't they get a one recently where there were an exorcist and a rhino oh maybe maybe that's what it recently? is then i'm i'm pretty out of touch but it just this seems oh, I can't remember. This seems odd to me as there's six of those walker suits and Morgan Vale. It's like you, you expect a unit of three, but fair enough. I don't make these decisions. The, we're talking about the Paragon 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 war suits. War suits. Yeah, I forget their actual yeah. names. Uh, Custodes one looks good. It's basically an entire yes. Custodes army in a box. It's, it's one of everything, which is pretty much what you're going to get with those guys. It is great. Yeah, yeah. The the Custodes one's great. Um, I can't remember the pricing, but I seem to remember it was great value as well. Oh, that's good. Points and pounds. The Mechanicum one, again, they've got your Breachers, your Cataphron Breachers, but you get two units of three. I don't know why there isn't, like, a unit they're of awful. them. They're also awful at the moment as well. Oh, are they? Great. Even better. <laughs> why there isn't a unit of those and then a unit of something else interesting? Like the dogs? Yeah, you know, the well, war, maybe, the, maybe the, you got the... the Breachers and the Destroyers. Yeah, but you think, I don't know, I just think for interesting Christmas stuff, it's like, here's literally six sprues of the same thing, kid. Enjoy. Like, they've not got another <laughs> interesting thing. It just, I don't know how they make these decisions. The night one's hilarious, where it's just a knight and four armagers. Like, awesome. Yeah. Two warglaves and two helverins, by the looks of it. Sure, with Canis Rex as the... Uh... Oh, that's the kit now. Have you, have you not noticed this is the trick they do these days? I think they've done it with the knights, and they've certainly done it with the giants, uh, they well, bring they out the character. The they bring out the character sprue, but you can't buy the model without the character sprue anymore. So they increase the price of the box set by including the character sprue. They only make that box set, and oh, really? now there's not going to. I would double check if that's the case for the knights, but they've done that with the giants, and it's very cheeky. So there is only the mm. Brog, Brog the King, or whatever his name is kit yes who costs 10 to 15 pounds more because you get a whole extra sprue in there, uh, but you now have to buy only that kit. So if you want four of them for your Age of Sigmar army, you get three king sprues that you can do nothing with, and you've paid for them. It's very sneaky. Ooh, cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. cheeky. Uh, I guess I like the, the Death Guard one, because uh, it's it's it, a bunch of Plague Marines and some Terminators and Mortarian. That's pretty cool. I like the Mortarians in there. I really like the Mortarians in there. That's cool. Yeah, so this is, this is why I think it's like a, a bolt-on to something that you've already got. Um, although to be fair, if you're having a bolt on, having ten plague marines in there might be a bit overkill. And uh, what ten of Blight Lord Terminators as well? Is it? T- it looks like it it's. Is it two? Oh no, it's a squad of five. Squad of five. Squad of five. Yeah, you get fourteen plague marines and five terminators. It was a shame it's not a squad of plague marines, the terminators, and like the the um, death shrouds. You know, the, the beefy ones with the big scythe. Something a bit more interesting. Sure. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. thousand suns ones. You get Magnus, which is cool. 
I like that you get Magnus in there. Again, I love Rubric Marines. It's Apollo Rubric <laughs> Marines. Why no Rubric Terminators? To be fair, that that um, there is just two boxes of Rubric Marines: the squad, uh, the the box of the three sorcerers, and Magnus. Um, Magnus. Not very exciting, is it? So yeah, I, I guess another bolt on. But then if you've already got a thousand suns course, you've probably already got two <clears throat> Rubric Marine boxes. Yeah, you've so probably already got sorcerers, Terminators, or the Disc Dudes, or something. Anyway. Yeah, uh, the Imperial uh, Fists I mean, one is there we go. The Fists one is as bland as their background. So, oh, shots fired <laughs> at Imperial Fist fan. No, I don't mind their background. I'm teasing. I do like the Raven Guard one though. It comes with what two squads of Reavers, uh, Shrike, the Eliminators, two Tactical Warsuits, Invicta Tactical Warsuits, the and the Phobos ones. Librarian. Yes. Yeah, that's hey. a li- that's a, that's a little better. But yeah, I just I don't know. I don't make these decisions. I don't have to figure out how to cost things and fit them in the box and pack them and everything. But some of the choices you're like, really, that's odd one. But okay. Yeah, I mean they'll be they'll be useful for people, and of course it gives you a load of conversion bits. I think these will make uh, major savings if you're collecting the army. So you'd hope that's yeah. a, that's a big thing, wouldn't you? Because they're, they're not just selling them as Christmas presents. They're selling them to people who want to bulk up on an army and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, they are a bit more disappointing than Christmases uh, in the past, the box sets in the past. But yeah, the 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 fact that we get more and more of these saving box sets throughout the year, I'd much rather it was that way around than just at Christmas like we used to. Better combat patrols and things like that is probably where it's at, yeah. Yeah. So yes, let's move on to our game this episode. As I said at the top of the show... I have intercepted some Christmas letters going straight to Santa. I'll be Santa's uh, PA, if you will. How have you intercepted these, Us. Dave? Are they Inquisition-sanctioned methods? Uh, yes, I, I caught them Whoa. with um, computer stuff. With a big net. Yeah, there was a, it was a USB and an <laughs> algorithm manuscript. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, so I will play you some of these. And these are written by various, um, I'll give you a clue, various units in the 40k universe. Okay. So although they might be obvious, this is the broad spectrum of 40k. So uh, you might okay. struggle to find out what these are. So let's, uh, let's see this first one. And I believe this is written by Lindy, who is age nine. Dear Santa, this year we have been such good boys, selflessly going another year without outdated models while looking out of place in the army that we're in. I'd like a nice shiny helmet like the one the boss has to listen to those weird blue guys. How come they only have enough for one in five of us? And what happens if he dies? Hell, we'll just fly off again. Anyways, I'll keep a listening membrane out for you on Christmas. Love, Lindy. <laughs> Ripping heck is that? Okay, one in five of them gets a shiny helmet that lets them listen yep. to the blue guys. That's you're you're on the right track. Who 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 are the blue guys? The Tau. Mm-hmm. One in five of them gets a helmet. Pathfinders. And what happens if he dies? We'll just fly off again. I'll keep a listening membrane out for you. Now my brain's totally gone, mate. Vespid. Vespid! Hey, it's the Vespid. One in five of them gets a helmet, really. The other four just yes. have to stand. <laughs> I didn't even notice. So I've just, I'd like, yeah, because it's like some sort of communicator. <laughs> so if that guy dies, what happens? 
just forget about it. You just wander around. Oh, very good, Dave. That was very good. I was very slow on that. (laughs) Right. uh, I'm not sure who wrote this because I didn't write their name down. But uh, yeah, let's have a listen. Whilst I'm aware we haven't been good, we've been a lot better than those gangers up on their stupid bikes, haven't we? Even when we're beginning compared to that stupid made-up character, we don't even wear green. And we certainly don't hang around with those orcs. Anyway, I'd like a few more instruments to torch this year. Perhaps a blade or a hook of some sort. Bye-bye, Santa. <laughs> Didn't leave their name. Did you get any of that? They're associated with green skins, but they're not orcs. So, uh, they've been a lot better than those gangers on their stupid bikes. Yeah, I'm getting that's a, like a Necromunda reference. Maybe. Uh, it's I mean, 40k, said, remember? You said gangers. But, uh, oh, it's 40k. Well, you said 40k and associ- uh, the, the broad spectrum of 40k. That's Necromunda. Okay. Well, no, no. This, this is 40k. Okay. Um, uh, they, get annoyed, they get annoyed that they're getting compared to a stupid made-up character. And they said they don't even wear green, and they certainly don't hang around with those orcs. Nope. I'll give I... you a clue. Spider-Man. And then they'd like a few more instruments of torture this year, perhaps a blade or a hook. Witches? Well, you're, you're on the right track. They um, don't like the guys on the bikes, the and they keep, getting, they keep getting uh, compared to a made-up character from Spider-Man who wears green and hangs around with orcs. Oh, great. right, right. It's the, the, I didn't get the Spider-Man connection. It's the Hellions. <laughs> yes, green goblins. Right, I, I get that. I just didn't know what... You, I didn't get the, the words that you said out loud. Sorry, the words that you intercepted from some small children out loud uh, to, to connect to Spider-Man. Right. That's where my brain farted, uh, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, this this was... this was. Uh, I'm very tired. So, uh, That's fine. This, this was... Out of my imagination. <clears throat> yeah, your imagination runs wild when you're tired. This is always good. <laughs> uh, and the last one was uh, from good old Frank, who's age six. Mr. Santa, sir, I've been very good. I needs me some more rockets. Those cans aren't going to implode themselves. If I could have some teeth to buy some, that'd be good too. Bloody tooth fairies rates are getting a bit too stonking eye now. Any rockets will do. But maybe one of those ones you can strap to pets. I love me those. Thanks, Santa. Yours in sit sit sin 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 city sin silly. <laughs> you idiot. Frank Caster, age six. <laughs> Is that Frank the Tank Buster? <laughs> it was Frank Caster, age six. <laughs> oh dear, Dave. <laughs> Oh. That was good. So you you were getting your money's worth out of this voice changer app then. No cockneys today. Less cockneys. Well, I don't know. Mr. Santa. Yeah, true, alright. <laughs> <laughs> Less Frank Bruno like though. Oh man, I love this I love this software. <laughs> no, really? No way. Your wife must be so pleased that you found it. Oh, I do this when she's way out of earshot, believe oh. me. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you'd be winding her up all the time. Yeah, all those video calls that we have. Tell you what, though. Your kids are the right age that you... Well, well, your oldest is the right age where you could convince him that it's actually changing your voice. He's old enough to understand what's going on, but not old enough to know that you're mugging him off. <laughs> yeah, but I mug him off all the time, so he wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> That's the issue. He just assumes you're BSing him all the time. Fair enough. <laughs> the way of the world. I'm teaching him the way of the yeah, world. Yeah, true. Everyone's trying it on. Yeah, none of this Teletubby crap. Right. 
I've, I've been trying to get him into well i've been trying to entice him in with the uh the clone wars the star wars oh yeah it's a cartoon stuff. yeah 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 he likes the shiny. He likes the shiny lights, and he likes all the fight scenes. But he doesn't like all the talking, which is basically our analysis of episode one. Right? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Less negotiations, more droid battles, please. Less heinous racism, more droid, more lightsabers, please. <laughs> right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's let's talk about twenty twenty two. So we're coming to the end of it. We're in December now. We are. And uh, we set some goals at the start of January with very little idea of how the, the year would pan out. Obviously, the year has ended a lot different to the way it started for both of us in, in completely separate uh, situations. Yeah, just a bit. So, uh, I mean, let's let's start off by going over our goals. Then we'll have a look back at 2022 and then maybe some predictions or, or what we can look forward to in 2023. So we brought up some uh, the goals that we set way back in episode 90. Let's let's start off with uh, my first one, which was the, the big change in my life. Uh, that was moving into my new house. This is like would Feb been... of last... No, it's like Jan, end of... Has this been Jan yeah, last year? Yeah, I think year? I would... I think I would have been in the new house for about five months when we set these. So I was still sort of getting my feet on the ground, so to speak. Um, yeah, going going from a flat into a house, um, just having a new baby literally on the day of moving. Yeah, oh my um, God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Jeez. and and already having a, at the time, uh, we've been one and a half, which probably 2020... You'd have to remember kids' birthdays, Dave, it's fine. No, twenty twenty one, so it would have been one and a half. I was trying to remember when we like trying to work out when this was. It was December twenty twenty one, wasn't it? Um so yeah, it I was uh, setting up. So I just said I've got the new house move, um so I'll have so I, I wanted to know what I'd be access to uh, having access to work with and I wanted to set up all of my new hobby stuff um and, and get basically all set up and my feet on the ground. So it was a very generic, boring goal, and of course I achieved it. I was, I was never in doubt. I was going to set up something. A year um, in and having no setup would have done your head in, I think, by now. Yes, certainly, certainly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's completely transformed my hobby, well, progress, interest, motivation. Just having a permanent setup, being able to access all the paints, the airbrush, um, all the basing materials just just in the swivel of your chair it just makes a massive difference between having to set up everything out of the project box which i used to have to do in the flat when we mm. lost the nursery or when i lost my room to the nursery so it's uh it's it's been a complete transformation on the hobby front for me and um yeah it's all been positive really yeah, for me, I set myself um, some slightly firmer goals uh, to start with, but still achieve ones of finishing existing projects. Uh, as mm. we know from past history of the show, I've not been the best at finishing uh, entire armies and projects. And yeah, <laughs> maybe overcommitting really early on and then getting burnt out very quickly. Um, yes. But I wanted to get a couple of projects off the docket and the Drukari and Sisters were the two that I kind of flagged as uh, ones to really, really crack on with. Um, and you know, I got the the sisters and the Drakari done. I've played some games with them. 
um yep. which has been good uh largely uh i played like one 40k game with each i think and other than that it's been like kill team and some other bits and bobs um but it's one of those things where it's like it's an army that i started it took so long to do it my my enthusiasm definitely waned uh towards the end um well, especially with the whole uh white spray paint incident as well oh for the, the, the first time round, yeah the drakari years ago when i first picked that project up like yeah the, mm. the corax white did uh but just repainting anything thing. can be a bit demoralizing if you haven't got an end goal in sight yeah it, it doesn't 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 really help um and there are a couple of things that i actually canned off um that were on my to finish list uh because they were stressing me out so much um and really getting in the way uh, of me doing things that i wanted to do uh that i decided to just actually cancel them uh, the amount of work still needed to finish them and the reward yep. I was going to get from them uh, was not in balance and I reminded myself that this is a hobby. I do not have to do these things. These are not work goals. These are hobby goals. Um, and I, I, well, I stopped... <laughs> how times have changed. How times have changed. Um, I've stopped working... I stopped working on the 3D printed um, dungeon project that I was working on. I'd been working on that for oh, yeah. absolutely ages. Uh, with the slot together sections that I was gonna gonna use uh, to make a like a multi game board out of, um, it just ended up taking so much time and so much effort for something that I really didn't even know if I was gonna get to use that often. Um, mm. That I, I I stopped it. I, I in fact shipped it off to our friend Dan and just gave it to him. Just said you can have this. He 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 loves Warhammer Quest like nobody else. So I'm sure he'll oh. be able to turn my ninety percent. Uh, average, average Dan, Norwich Dan. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, ex, ex, ex uh, flatmate Dan. Yes, yeah. You used to, guys used to live together. So Dan of the the Ooh. bearded gamers. No, the bearded, bearded gamers adventurers in gaming. Oh, he's going to shoot me for not knowing this. <laughs> he, he has he has an Instagram account. And he loves games. Um, he's also a really good guy. But I was happy to send it to him because I know that it's going to somewhere where it's going to get a bit of love. Um, Multiple winner of uh, best painted army at Warhammer World. He's done. Well. He's done all right, hasn't he? He's done all right. Mm. Um, and the other one was my Age of Sigmar board, and this is the board that I started during lockdown, first lockdown, OG lockdown, um, and uh, I put an inordinate amount of work into it. Um, oh and yeah, you I... must love it. It must be stored like so high up in your. No, I also binned this project off when I got to, <laughs> when I got to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I put so much time into it and it was, because I hadn't finished it, what I did have was really difficult to game with. Um, Mm. it was difficult for me to store it. I didn't have the storage space for it. It did not store as well as I'd planned out. Um, this was, this was the half castle, half greenery ones that we played on, right? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't conducive to the size and, and play space that the games needed, you know, and things changed from needing a six by four to, you know, yeah. losing at least a foot of gaming space. Uh, it didn't fit on my table in the way that I'd planned it to. Um, and it was really free. It was really not helping me, uh, cope with various other things that were stressing me out. So it went, um, to, hmm. uh, a listener of the show, actually nice guy, Ross, um who has taken it on as a project for him to finish in the future um so yeah went on to a new home so at <laughs> good least, luck to him yeah. good luck to him no he, he he will no doubt get it done it's he's, he's very good at uh he's very good at terrain as well um and, and you know it it reminded me that you know we set ourselves goals as something to aim for but it's not something you have to do 
Um, mm. This does not work. Uh, as in the the <laughs> the hob the the personal hobby side of things for me is not work still. Um, and I'm not going to make myself do something that I'm not enjoying. There are difficult things in projects that you need to kind of get through and soldier through uh, and, and get done sometimes. But when the whole project is just an endless task that is really bringing you down and you don't need to do it, it, it it's time to ask yourself whether you really want to do it. And is it something you're going to put on hold or something you just you just really are never going to do? And I think that's what these two were for me. I, it was a lesson in uh, realizing sometimes you just don't ever you're never going to finish something so roll it on to something else yeah and that that, that that's that's fair enough of, of course um a lot of that stems from you having very specific projects uh, and goals and i have very very generic goals indeed it does help one one of my goals was actually finish projects rather than half-assing stuff that was a direct quote yep so yeah i i feel that i have passed that I have uh, almost finished the uh, Courage on Overlords, and that's gone from start to literally one more model to go. Yeah. Uh, the four points changes. Black <laughs> um, Templars, I've completed my whole backlog of those. Which so is they are a miracle done. in itself, mate. Like you've, got, you've gotten so much stuff for the Black Templars. You had everything that's come out for them. Pretty much, yeah. I had all of the new stuff for the the Templars. I had a lot of the old Space Marine stuff. There's still stuff I want to add in just because I want to display it. I really want one of the um, Hunter or Stalker anti-aircraft tanks. Oh, they I do think look they cool. look really cool. Um, and maybe an actual uh, repulsor at some point as well. But, uh, yeah, ap- apart from, I think I've got some Cataphracty Terminators to finish off. That's pretty much it um for for the the templars and and they were a, a recent purchase so i'd already finished the army before that i mean i would call it done you've um, got several thousand points painted at this at this stage yeah i mean yeah because if we if we look into storage for the old color scheme i've still got like two crusaders mm-hmm. uh dreadnought drop pod contemptor yeah so much uh, stuff. predator annihilator yeah there's, there's a there's a lot of stuff hanging around uh, finished uh, Adeptus Titanicus Manipul. Mm. Started and finished that this year. Uh, I finished off. Hey, oh, actually, no, I didn't finish off the Chaos. There's still got some um, of the Chaos Knights to finish off. Fell a bit by the wayside, so that's a bit of a fail. Um, and any projects that I started but didn't want to finish, I actually got out of my backlog. So the yeah. Necrons, I sold them, and they are completely gone. Uh, and and it felt good and i didn't buy a load of stuff just to go in the backlog i.e leagues of votan which you dodged um, that yeah i did yeah and and i love dwarves the leagues of votan i really love i'm just letting it all simmer down before i go after them i need to finish what i've got which is maturity dave coming in um and yeah, and maybe I'll pick up the Leagues of Votan when they start getting their discount boxes in the future, mm. which uh, which is good. And hopefully the big hype will, will blow over and I can settle on a colour scheme that isn't suddenly taken up by half of Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it took me ages to get a tester model done and then, yeah, it, uh, it seems to be it. everyone's favourite scheme. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, what, what, what about your next, next girl? What did you set yourself? Uh, I had getting into playing Lord of the Rings. Right. right. I'm with you on this one. Because I love the models, because Lord of the yep. Rings is amazing, and the models are actually really good. I'm with you good. on that one. 
Um, it occurred to me after my friend and I, my friend Paul and I tried uh, to get, play a game of uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game because it's its full name. Um, we realised that it was uh, a brand new rule system, and I mean completely new. There's no, you know, I, I played the game system it's not, way, it's not, it's, way back in the it's day. It's not got echoes of Sigma or no, echoes of nothing. There's no to hit roll, for example, when you fight in combat. You have to roll dice and compare results, and then whoever wins the combat can then strike their opponent. And, uh, it's a bit of the old school Necromunda uh, creeping in there, but like it, it's it's very different. It's not like mm. a parallel to. Um, so we realised that it's actually quite a lot to it. Uh, there's the might points. There's the the whole thing like that where you have heroic actions and stats and things like that. So that takes me back. Might points. Might points. Just in those dice rolls. Oh, right? Aragorn had three of them for Weathertop. He was he was absolute baller. He was an absolute <laughs> machine, um, but uh, it's, 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 it was a lot to do. So what we actually ended up doing was playing a game with using the one-page rules um, system, and this is my first, that was my first foray into using one-page rules system, because there are many. Um, and I, I, think, will, I think that's where our I'll interests back. differ for Lord of the Rings, because I would collect an army to paint up and put on display and don't mind if I never play with it. Whereas I think you wanted to actually play the game of MS, what M E S F B G or whatever it's called. Yeah, the game, the game. Yeah, and it's, I think it's because I don't have, uh, I don't have model display space anywhere. That's the thing. I don't have somewhere to put an army on display or to paint an army <laughs> just for the sake of having it on show. I don't have a, you know, I have a small cabinet in my in my hobby slash spare room slash office room. Um, but it's got a handful of painted models in it. I've not got like glass cabinets for putting whole armies in, for example. So for we're, me, we're at the opposite it, end of the spectrum with that. You've got people to play against, but no display space. I've got loads of display space and nobody to play against. There we go. <laughs> so we needed somewhere in the middle. Um, so it, you know, I, I I dabbled in it, and then um, uh, <laughs> due to changes in work situation. Um, I kind of had to um, shelve a lot of personal projects. You know, a, a lot. I mean, my show, my hobby progress from the last X number of shows will will, will obviously be testament to the fact that I don't really do any personal hobby at the moment. Um, a little bit here and there, and there are the bits I enjoy, but I, I really didn't have time to do anything more Lord of the Ringsy. So that is a big fat fail for me, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Well, uh, going on from your point there, uh, my next goal was I'd like to display several of my armies um, and have a possible triage set up to fix some of them that have been broken in transit. Oh, oh so, yeah, this, this worked. Um, yeah, I, I, I bought a bookcase in fact from Ikea, uh, which is my big display cabinet. Uh, so I have a lot of armies on display and yes, there was a big triage station set up yeah. to fix all of the stuff, especially the Harlequins. Uh, which I then sold, nice. but uh, obviously that triage was needed, and that was a goal completed. So I have uh, the Black Templars, uh, several Age of Sigmar armies, uh, my Thousand Sons, my Titanicus Manipal, uh, a lot of 40k and uh, um, Kill Team Terrain set up as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a goal achieved, and I love it because, like I said, I don't get to game as much. Um, so it's nice to have them on display and have them in my in my working environment as well. 
Yeah, that's good, isn't it? It's, it's not just your, like so many people, it's not just your office space. It's your office space. It's your hobby space. It's your, you know, it, it's a multifaceted space, which is kind mm. of a Lots of people have like pictures of their kids. So they remind them what they work for. And I have a big display cabinet of models to remind me what I work for. <laughs> wow. Kids must feel so loved. <laughs> if only I was made out of plastic as well. well they're cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So my next goal that was up on the block was to finish a secret background project that I'd started ooh, like at the point. I mean, it was a year ago we did these goals, so it must be about 18 months ago total. I started working on a project where I was very excited to do this project. Um, I had bought two kits uh, and smushed them together and had somebody ooh. help me make copies of the parts that these had been smushed together. And ooh. it was guard torsos from the Imperial Guard kit. Uh, mixed oh, right, yeah. with uh, the uh, Shadow Warriors kit from the from the High Elves to oh, make sure, yes. Guardsmen with cloaks because we all know that Ooh. famous regiment of Guardsmen with cloaks and uh, you know they, they came out alright they came out alright they were workable they were workable and I, I'm undenied about whether I would carry on with it and then Games Workshop dropped the actual plastic Gaunt's Ghost kit which made my homebrew kit bash look like <laughs> A pig's ear. <laughs> and it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I feel the wind's taken out my sails a little bit there. Um, yep. And then facing down a guard project, which we all know is at least 40 or 50 infantry models, um, especially in a regiment that doesn't have any tanks. So it would have been actually a Sabat Crusade force where I'd have been putting... Yeah, you add in uh, Pardus. Yeah, Pardus and, and things like that. Um, but uh, never got that far. Uh, decided that, you know what, I'm actually just going to bin this off. And that worked out well because, I you know, again, no personal hobby time. I would not be having time to be working on an Imperial Guard regiment um, as, as a hobby as a hobby goal. So, unfortunately, that is another big fat fail for me. This is looking bad, Dave. I think I might fire myself from my own hobby company. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you, you dropped them for a legit reason. You didn't drop them because you couldn't be bothered. Uh, you dropped them because like new models had come out for not them. Not solely because I couldn't be bothered. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to put a light spin on you're, it. You're doing good, mate. You're doing good. Uh, right. Uh, well, let's let's go on to one of my fails. Uh, I'll go on to my last my last goal uh, that I want to cover here. Uh, I wanted to create a customization item or customized item for some of the armies. Possible bust? Question mark. This I didn't get around to either searching for requesting anything like that um you i just felt one. like i do have a creek one yes uh which is pretty much painted i just need to well do the last few bits i might repaint it in with with the same colors that i've been repainting the um bane wolf and the medusa okay. siege cannon okay uh, just so it fits in with those. I mean, this this one of my many uh, wish list projects is just to get a load of the Krieg Guardsmen and do them all up and have a, uh, with the new codex, that sort of thing, have a Krieg's, uh, a, a, a Death Corps Krieg army again. But, I mean, I mean, just money-wise alone, it's uh, ridiculously expensive. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But, no, uh, customised item for each army... I'd like to do a large-scale bust at some point, um, like a Space Marine one, but just time and effort or 
or maybe um, I did look into it at one point, like a Warcraft one as well. Like oh, nice cool! Thorin, which is a Minotaur or an Orc, um, one would be quite cool. But uh, yeah, it's it's all of those. If I have an infinite amount of resource and time and motivation to do so, then that might be something that I'm interested in. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a bit of a fail because I didn't even it didn't really get off the ground that one. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Can't all be winners, mate. And my last one, which I think I've actually pretty much stuck to, is no new armies. <laughs> no new Don't armies. Buy stuff. Wow. Um, I was allowing myself to delve into some specialist games, maybe like a unit or a team or a gang or something like that. Um, but no brand new armies, which is uh gonna be I mean, helped out by the fact that Ninth Edition is a bit of a <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I a mean, limp fish at the moment. This that will lead into the retrospective comments, but yes, it's it's very much helped. This achieving this was very much helped by the fact that I don't play forty k anymore, so don't need to do a new army. So at the winner. at the moment, not anymore. At the moment, true. You don't true. play forty k. Yeah, well, let, let's head into that that retrospective because one of like my last goal that I sort of missed out because I wanted to hold it back for this was um, I wanted to keep my enjoyment up even if that means less actual hobby time because burnout is real. So, in fact, I increased my hobby time, but what I didn't do was just stick to one project. So I went against my mantra for all things hobby related, where I wanted to stick with an army all the way through or stick with a project all the way through. I didn't do that, but I had more hobby time overall, which meant I could flitter around as a hobby butterfly. Uh, although that's trademarked, isn't it? So I flitted around as a hobby magpie. Yep, do that. On uh, on, on shiny stuff and, and keeping up with the backlog. And actually that it did increase my, not happiness, what's the, the, the term? The enjoyment of the hobby. Being able to do, say, orc terrain one week and then moving on to 30k mechanicum the next week and then doing some test models for Votan the next week. It it meant that I didn't get bored because I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Mm. And I think that can be the danger when you stick with a project for so long. There's, unless, um, in my case, unless you have a deadline coming up and you need to get this army finished, um, it's it's nice to just be a general hobbyist. I've I've mentioned it time and time again when we've done goals is i wanted to paint singular models i wanted to paint stuff for me and i finally got to that bit where i am just painting stuff because i want to paint it not because i've got a deadline coming up like a campaign weekend or a gt um coming up and i'm just painting it because i want to paint it and it's it's meant that my burnout is not real um it helps out at the moment that the new expansion of warcraft came out (laughs) <laughs> last week two weeks ago so my hobby time at the moment is zilch you still guild but... guild leader guild guild coordinator i can't remember your job role job title uh i, I was acting guild leader while our, our guild leader was on a break leader. but uh yeah i'm an officer oh, okay an officer. what's your rank so, officer <laughs> oh officers don't have multiple ranks i don't know dude i don't play warcraft oh no 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 it's not like an nco or anything oh, okay, like that. Okay, okay. military um no 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 this there's just it's just um like you look after the guild bank and raid times and stats and all that crap that goes with yep. being a raid guild all those spreadsheets to manage i had two spreadsheets thank you very much 
uh, at one point, and I thought that's probably a bit too much for us. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, I love I love my stats. Warcraft stats is just. Mwah. But uh, yeah, uh, it's, so it's, yeah, so it's nice not to be tied down to a specific project, and uh, I think that has really improved my hobby life. And of course, having a permanent setup has has greatly increased that um, enjoyment of the hobby too. Twenty twenty three, however, I still I'm not really looking ahead to twenty twenty three. There are projects that excite me. I want to try and get some sort of soul like Grave Lords army in the work. Whether or not I finish it or not is completely up to me, which is in itself is 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 nice. It's nice to know that feeling. Um, I want to try and get back into 30k. So okay. I once had a 30k Salamander's army. I sold parts of it off to a work colleague who I reconnected with in this past week. And ah, cool. two of the units that I sold to him, he hasn't used in his Salamander's army. Oh, I so see. I might be getting them back. Um, and I am getting external um, pressure from um, a, a certain 30k player in the local area to um, to play a few games. So, uh, yeah, it, it might it might come to fruition, especially if I got like a an add-on, a bolt-on force of the Mechanicum. I can um, start off slowly with the, the hmm. Salamanders as well. So, yeah, that should be good. What about you? What 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 about your 2022 and, tw- and look ahead to 2023? Ooh, oh, boy, 2022. Where do I even start? So, yes, obviously, uh, the uh, hobby is now my job. Um, mm. I have actually handed in my notice at work. Um, so yeah. I, I am formally leaving my, my current role. And after 15 years in the farmer industry, it's probably about time. Um, farmer? Farmer industry, not farming, Dave. Farmer yes. industry. <laughs> I was just clarifying it for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, the <laughs> things I know about farming, I could probably write in the back of a postage yeah. stamp. It's not that that would have 15 years I hope would have learned out. a little bit more. <laughs> the um, amount of calves you've pulled out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, um, you hang up, hang up those uh, elbow length gloves for good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Oh, uh, no, so it, it takes a special kind of person to do farming. It really and, does. Uh, Jeez, Louise, very. Committed I can't people. do it. So hats off to them. Holy smokes! Um, I've obviously uh, now dived in uh, full time to this, and it's uh, obviously left me with different amounts of hobby time, which is fine. Um, my what I find my work more rewarding uh, than my previous work, so that kind of balances out the fact that I have less hobby time. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's I'm still in the net positive, um, and I don't play 40k anymore, which you know is something I've obviously at the moment said said a few times on the show, uh, which does make doing a 40k podcast kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just you know as as expressed many times, I won't labour on it, but just not in 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 love with the way the game plays at the moment. And uh, yeah, really hopeful. Uh, I, I'm really rooting for a hard reset for tenth edition. Uh, yeah. God knows what we we'll actually get when we'll get it. It's all rumours at this point. Um, but I really would like an almost Age of Sigmar esque slamming of the reset button. Uh, I, I'd be absolutely fine with that. I, I would like to go back to simpler times. Um, but yeah. it doesn't mean that I have given up on gaming. I play semi-regularly still. I just play a whole host of other games that tick the right boxes for me. So I think Titanicus was a bit of a, uh, a gaming a saver for me this year. I think that's yeah. kept me playing games. Um, 
It's got and me into alternative games as well. I was a 40A hardcore, and <laughs> since playing Adeptus Titanicus, I started to learn the rule set, realized that learning rule sets isn't too bad, and it's got me into Sigma and, uh, yeah. yeah, Titanicus. Yeah, I mean, Sigma, I think, is significantly better than 40K, personal personal opinion, for me as a match. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I still do find it a little overwhelming in terms of rules. So, thankfully, um, Titanicus and Kings of War has kind of kept me in, um, kept me in gaming. Um, and for 2023, who knows? I'm desperately hoping for a, for a, for a real mix-up um and uh, if that doesn't come then i will probably continue with with the games that i'm playing at the moment um and and enjoying those and you know still keeping up to date with 40k i still read about 40k i still love the setting and that would never they'd have to change 40k a lot uh for me to not think it's the the best thing since sliced bread still i i love it for all of its stupidity and ridiculousness um and <laughs> i can i cannot see that changing um, even though they lost the grim dark, according to the internet, which is a load of old crap, um, the, the the absurdity has not gone anywhere. So I'm I'm very happy with. Uh... You've had periods in the past where you've 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 come in and out of doing stuff with the hobby, and just things like you yep. said in the past, reading books and things like that, just keeps you connected. And and thank God for social media uh, uh, and uh, the Discord and stuff like that to, to to keep up to date with what's going on and, and keep connected to people. Um, so let's see what 2023 brings. No new armies, though, Dave. I'm pretty sure that's still not happening. I don't think I can bring myself to paint a brand new army. Yes. Yeah. I say that. I say that. And then I'll fall down some rabbit hole. Who knows which yeah. one. Ultramarine Special Edition will come out. <laughs> yeah, sure. I can do with a fifth. Yellow shoulder pads and all. <laughs> Mandatory yellow trim. That's what I need. Oh. 10th edition comes back with... Seventh no, edition comes back with second edition paint schemes at the four. Could you even or imagine? Mandatory paint schemes. Oh, mandatory. Yeah, that would go down well. That would, that would lead brick, mate. Cool. So what's what's your hobby tip for today before we wrap up the episode? So hobby tip, I'm going to pinch something from some work that I've been doing because uh, hopefully it will be useful to people. And I'll tell you why I think it will be useful because I got it wrong about five times. I say got it wrong. I got it not looking as good as it could do. Uh, several times and this was on a project that was for a client um, that I've worked with on a couple of projects now um, and he had a very specific idea in his mind for a frozen uh, world uh, okay. it specifically involved some Necron terrain but it was the it was the ice that was I, I had the Necron stuff done down straight away I knew exactly what to do there uh, it was the ice uh, that was a challenge. That's what I wanted to talk about was how I've gone about doing the ice because it would be fantastic for use on terrain, but on your bases, all sorts of cool things that you can do. And so you can scale it down to bases. You can scale it as you need to, exactly. Um, and what I initially started doing was I thought I was being Mr. Smarthead. I've used clear epoxy resin in the past. Um, I would just tint some epoxy resin with that kind of bluish um greenish yep. blue that you get that that thick thick arctic ice has not just a bit of ice in your garden you know the real thick stuff like a deep blue isn't it yeah yeah um and uh, step number one do not ever pour it into woodland scenics rock molds i thankfully did a test uh because it does not come out like it is permanently bonded to whatever material they make those molds out of uh, those rock molds Yikes. i've used a hundred times uh, it's not silicon it's some form of rubber um the epoxy is never coming out of there again but I also learned that tinting it is very difficult. I think a lot of professionally tinted resins, they have to buy certain types of dyes uh, that are very expensive uh, and very difficult to work with. So 
it's not something that's very easy to do. I tried mixing in a various um, acrylic paints. They went too cloudy. Um, I went with some inks. Uh, trying to get the right color was a nightmare. In the end, what I did for the color was I made the rocks in perfectly clear um, resin. Uh, no, no, no funny business needed there so that it sets properly because the, the, the additives can affect the setting. Um, mm -hmm. And I painted the back of it with contrast paints. Standard. I, I know was, was looking through. I was looking through all the paints on my table, thinking, "What can I use to effect, get this effect?" And right there, sitting right in front of me, was a thematic blue, which is yes. literally a perfect color match with all of the Google reference images I had. So I was like, "Right, so make your ice effect that you want to do clear, and then paint the back of it with a thematic blue. It's the perfect color, and it's translucent, so you still get that ice effect." Mm. So what I actually did to make the ice was I made a, I deliberately made a mold with silicon. Um, now obviously silicon's not the cheapest thing to work with. Uh, you can buy those two-part putties that are uh, silicon-based. They're a lot cheaper because they come in small pots. They're usually used for making things that you're going to make repairs out of. Um, but all you've got to do is mold a couple of rocks in that um, in that material or that um, reheatable plastic green stuff world sells some where you put it in boiling water it becomes very malleable uh, you squeeze an object into it and then let it cool down and it makes a it makes a mold that you can use uh, anything cool. like that to mold a rock preferably a rock with a lot of layers to it like a slate type rock would work really well or an onion or an onion with layers parfait or, or an ogre everyone loves parfait any any other shrek references you want to just hurl out there <laughs> Some of you may die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Shrek. It's so good. Um, and then what I did was I cast in clear resin. Now, you can use an epoxy, but a lot of epoxy take a long time to cure. So I just bought that UV reactive uh, clear resin that every single everybody on YouTube yep. uses. Um, I bought some from Amazon. Um, it works just fine. Um, mm -hmm. you cure it um, in the mold in clear it takes three or four minutes to cure under most UV light sources that you can be able to pick up easily um, okay. and then you just pop it out uh, paint the athematic blue on the back and you've got a nice uh, bright blue uh, with deep bits uh, chunk of ice and then to make it look really frosty and to make it look like it hasn't just come out of the freezer uh, you dry brush it white that gives it that hardened ice look um, frosted yeah frosted hardened ice look so that you know basically any moisture in the air is immediately freezing onto the top of the ice that kind of look um, and that yep. makes it look brutally cold um, and then just fill in yes. the gaps with um, some form of snow effect if you're only doing small bases I honestly would use Valhalla and Blizzard from Games Workshop it isn't cheap uh, but it does work good, really though. well for bases um, and that little pot goes quite far um, if you're doing big terrain or like a massive army's worth of bases, Woodland Scenic's um, Snow Flock is the one. It's it's just the best. And that over okay. some um, PVA glue mixed with some white paint um, so that you don't Have get you the colour show through. Have you ever used those micro beads or something? Micro balloons, micro beads, micro glass. There's a whole load of them that are crushed. They're basically some form of spherical or crushed glass. Um, and no, I haven't used them. They're quite pricey. Right. Um, the video I saw, there's an incredible video on how to do ice effects. It's a series of them by Mel, the terrain tutor, because he is the king. Um, he does mm -hmm. a, like this um, abandoned um, or like this, this, this high mountain pass lookout that's all frosted and iced. But he uses those micro balloons and he just puts them on the top here and there to catch the catch the light like freshly 
fallen snow does. I mean, he doesn't use right. them throughout. They're just like a an extra punch. Um, oh. But I've never used them myself. Um, no, no, I, 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 mean, I just for, read again, about them. They're expensive, but for basing, I think they'd be all right because you you know seven or eight pounds for a small pot isn't so bad when you've only got to use a few of them on a whole board. You'd be you'd be bankrupt. But for basing, that'd yeah. be spot on. Which is where most people are going to use ice effects is going to be basing. So give it a shot. It. Um, it's worked out really well, and you can pick up pick up basically everything you need on the internet without any trouble at all. Great. Well, thank you. And that just about wraps up this episode. So, as I said at the top of the episode, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Floorhammer Podcast, our website, floorhammerpodcast.com, our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast, and our Discord. Cheers, guys, for listening. Cheers, guys. Have a great end to 2022 and see you next year. Happy New Year. Yeah.